Alright folks, welcome to another fun-filled episode of Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. I am Scoot Magoo. I'm Elaine. Oh, Scott, you're so cute. <laughs> I know. Well, we, we do we have a, a fun-packed afternoon or evening, whatever time of day it is, that we are... Um, uh, I, evening? Evening. And <laughs> that always reminds me of... Uh, American you know, Dad. American Dad episode? Yeah. Evening, evening. officer. Even things being even. <laughs> that is he such knows. A, that's one of my... I think maybe even out of Family Guy and American Dad, that's one of my favorite sequences. Like when they're both yeah. high. Oh, it's yeah. so funny. What, um, why, 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 are there, why is there a leopard on the Cheetos bag? <laughs> on last. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're, we're getting already not even a minute in. God but, damn. But speaking of American Dad, uh, Little Sims is a UK... <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not even trying now. No, I didn't even try. <laughs> uh, yeah, so first of all, we are doing another review extravaganza. Uh, Elaine and I love doing this when, when we have a number usually we try to aim to four or five cool new albums we like to group them together and talk about them try to cross genres and we certainly did that today and i'm very yep. excited to talk about an array of albums and an array of of opinions that i have about these albums we're going to start off with a, a short little release which i i actually wasn't aware that this came out until you suggested it but it's uh, yeah. a new short ep it's only like 13 minutes long i think like 15 least, i think but yeah, yeah i mean cut splitting hairs yeah that's what apple music um you know it said whatever it's called drop yeah. six and it's a short five song ep that each song is maybe two two and a half minutes i don't uh, think any of them the, the last one is almost four but yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought that one felt longer. So yeah, it's it totally like this. It's uh, I'm on Rate Your Music. It says it's twelve forty eight. So you know, do say say what you will. I don't know. Yeah, Apple, for, I, I don't know why Apple Music said it was like for some reason I write it as fifteen. Maybe, maybe that's just me. Anyway, though. Yeah, Little but, Sims. But she released um, last Gray year's area. Gray Area, which was yeah. just a really really good. UK hip hop album. Uh, it had one, a lot one of, of my favorite albums of the year. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was she was super fun, a lot of energy. The beats were great. More importantly, the songwriting was great. I felt like the way that she, um, she wrote, especially, I think I think it was on Venom. Where like is that line like that pussy power line? Like the way <laughs> that she she starts off that verse and then it, the beat explodes. It just feels so cool and creative. You know, a lot of more popular hip-hop um these days is very formulaic and i just felt like she was creative throughout that album mm. um and in general it's nice to see um because i think unfortunately female mcs are typecast in a certain way and it's nice to yeah. see someone who you know she just is a good rapper period you know like it wasn't i mean obviously it was cool that she was you know it's a, a young girl rapping but she was talented in her own right great beat selection i don't know if she produced on the on the gray area i'm not sure but i know i'm pretty sure she produced this because this is a quarantine album yeah so uh, so quarantine um, ep and i will say i think my favorite part of this i liked all the beats there was some i like more than others but i, I liked all of them i thought 
Uh, Damn Right had a really cool beat, and I thought the last track... Um, Where's My Lighter? Where's My Lighter was was probably my favorite beat, but I mean, I I liked all of them. Um, I will say overall, I mean, I thought this was fun. It it felt a little... The word that came to mind was inconsequential. Like, after I listened to it, I, I definitely enjoyed my time, but it just, it kind of... None of the songs were especially... They felt like they were great ideas for songs down the road, and I hope that she... Even like a few of these songs takes some of the ideas and expands upon them. Uh, I thought a lot of the hooks were okay. They weren't great, but they you know they weren't terrible either. I don't think any of the songs here were bad. It just felt they felt more like ideas, and you know that's that's kind of like you said. It's it's a quarantine quarantine EP. You know, it's something that she she did herself while you know being locked down, and I think there are a lot of great ideas that could be expanded upon and in their current form they were they were fun to listen to um i thought her you know her, her rapping was great per usual i loved her flows i, I love the sound of her voice too very unique mm. um but yeah, yeah did, just, she, she has she has a great timbre to yeah, her voice exactly yeah. um but honestly other than that I, I i i listened to this you know just by virtue of his length you know three times and it just really i thought it was cool when i listened to it but i struggled to remember a lot of it yeah yeah i i had to agree with you there um because like i after this after i listened to it for the second time i couldn't like the thing that was stuck in my head was was uh that line you know stop fucking with my heart from 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 gray area yeah (laughs) so (laughs) what what does that say i guess but uh so i'm gonna get a little controversial here with with you i guess uh because listening to this really reminded me of uh kenny beats and uh denzel curry's unlocked um j- just in that they're like hey let's, let's just drop this fucking small project and like just you know who, who gives a shit in a way like you know just sort of letting it let them their freak flag fly in a way <laughs> um but the thing is like i, I don't know let, let, like i i think this is better than unlocked really <laughs> yeah um that is to say, I I I don't think this thing is is perfect. I basically I have a higher view of it than you do, um, but but only slightly, just because I like I I like Little Sims. I, I like hearing her voice, you know. Like and it's, she she has a good head on her shoulders. So like you know, you you know that like even if she came out with like another one of these, you know that it's not going to be garbage. Like it, it's it's like yeah. it's well it's well thought through and yeah. Like I, I'm not going to say that everything is full like as form fully formed as it could be. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like you know it it might have benefited from you know having another producer sort of take a look at it at least. Yeah. Um, but you know wh- where exactly I would you know it, like if I was this producer where like. I really wouldn't know where to where to start, where to like say, oh, trim this down or expand this or what have you, because the, like this was just an enjoyable listen to me for the most part. Uh, it's just that like I, I think given its length, it's just not very memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I, at least I don't know. So like I, I feel like this is almost more of a review like review for unlocked. <laughs> than anything but like I, like at least little sims tried here <laughs> which oh. well I, I mean in general i feel like our, our opinions are kind of flip-flopped oh yeah regard. well i mean i would say i mean a lot of modern hip-hop 
releases of, of, of this kind, either you know really short releases or just really long mixtapes of pretty rushed songwriting or just you know like stream trolling as we talked about before. You could say that it's just let's just get something out there, not really thinking much about it. Or, and I think this is more the case with Little Sims, you know, it probably sucks for her not being able to put anything out there. And she wanted to try something, you know, under lockdown. I, I think in the notes I, I was skimming on Apple Music, she hasn't really released her own music in a, a while. Like, she hasn't released her own, like, homegrown pro- uh, project in a while. Obviously, Grey Area mm-hmm. was very much a, you know, a high-budget high, high budget production. So... I think she probably just had a lot of creative juices she wanted to, to flow. And it, yeah. You know, if you're an artist and you're pent up, like a lot of us are, um, you probably just can't contain it anymore. And I, yeah. I really, really hope that um, you know, if she lifts, you know, a beat here or a verse there or something like that, th- these make their way onto her next album in, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I, I think that would be really, really cool if she expanded upon it, maybe beefed up the production or, you know, did kind of bring it to another another like, producer. I, I I don't mind it. Like I don't mind the skeletal nature of it. Like how how like kind of stripped back everything mm-hmm. is. But I I think it's more just in terms of like, you know, I think in terms of track length, I think it's 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 just not something that um, I can exactly see myself coming back to again and again. Even though it's you know it's you're able to do that more, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, like there's little inclination to because it, it's like I feel like it's not, yeah. Like I think it's it's just not totally fully formed in a way. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, it's an EP. It's a quarantine EP. So yeah. like, you know, I I I kind of view it as like, you know, kind of a creative burst. You know, for people to just be like, do what you will. Yeah. Kind of. So. No, ex- exactly. Uh, and yeah. ho- hopefully, I'm not sounding too harsh because no, you, you are th- th- that's that's totally true is that this isn't you know like i think definitely i would be more harsh if this was an ep she came out with just normally like if, if you know like we weren't in our current situation she was like hey here's my new ep i recorded in the studio with a bunch of producers i'd be like yeah really, really? <laughs> this is yeah what you i, came I, up I, with? I, I um, think it's like I, I i mean you can speak this about i think any album any piece of art i think that the context is yeah a very important part of understanding it um at least when it comes to like a release like this anyway because uh, i i think there are some pieces of art out there that don't need context in a way mm-hmm. that they're or sort of able to be enjoyed without it with mm-hmm. or without it but that, that that's another topic for another time yeah for sure okay well so, yeah, yeah. I, I think that we, we've talked about that um quite a bit and i hope that um if you listen to this and, and you're not a huge fan or if you're just curious about little sims in general just re- listen to gray area I yeah mean, gray area is so good i mean it, it's it's like it's, it's pretty much double the length of this mm-hmm. um maybe it's a little bit light it's, it's like 36 minutes something like that yeah it's still uh, re- relatively it, short by modern yeah, hip-hop standards but yeah it's pretty short but it's really really good like I, every every track feels necessary in it yeah it's full of really really sharp bars and just a lot of really great flows yeah so. it kind of has that illmatic effect in the sense that look i personally i don't think illmatic has any features it was unique for the air er- it's era in I, that it, it didn't have or it didn't, didn't I... have, have any filler i'm sorry oh um, okay because, yeah. oh, i was gonna say i i thought well i mean yeah illmatic has features but i mean t- so is gray or it does not michael kwanica show up on like yeah. the last track 
Yeah, I just I misspoke. I meant that yeah. for in my opinion, Neil Mac doesn't have any filler, and more importantly, doesn't have any skits or just kind of wasted moments, which was yeah. very very uncommon for that. That was a very normal thing for rappers to do in the era, and I feel like that was a big strength of, of Gray Area is that it was really tight. No, you know, if she didn't waste any minutes there. So yeah. if you're curious from this EP, or you feel like you're you left. You're left wanting more. Definitely check out Gray Area, but totally worth checking out. So yeah, and um, now for something completely different, and I'm going to turn it over to Elaine because you know you definitely know more about them than I do, and yeah. more importantly, you know how to pronounce the name. Yeah, it, even then, I'm not totally sure. So uh, this is the new Einstein's and Noe Bowden album. Uh, I is an alum. Uh, which I, I believe that's the pronunciation of the title because uh, Blixa Bargeld, I, that, that's, I'm pretty sure that that's what he says in it. Uh, that's how he pronounces it in the title track. Um, th- this is your first answers in an album, isn't it, Scott? Yeah, I I considered them for our industrial exploration episode, and I don't I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, I'm not sure I why you didn't, didn't either. They, but they, I I forget what I. You know, my typical pick an album from every decade. I forget which one I picked over them. Um, uh, well, and... so 80s. I, I think it was 80s. It was either 80s or early 90s. But so, like, you were probably dealing with, like, Throb and Gristle. Or no, no Throb and Gristle was, like, 70s. Fuck. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, I'll, 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 I'll figure it out as we talk. But, yeah, yeah it was... It, um, yeah, you, you, you could have, you but you didn't. But it's definitely just... It was a really interesting... Um, they just look like an interesting band. There are some bands oh, yeah. that you're always like, like, that's. I don't want to say cool because it's it's not really cool, but like they they're, are, they're like they're badass. Yeah, I was like, gonna say like like their their logo, their presentation. Yeah, the, just like, like the, I mean the, 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 the fact that Henry Rollins has an Islanders in New Bouton tattoo. Yeah, and the sheer number of, of of you know genre tags and just how, you know. The way that they're regarded, it's definitely a band that's been on my lazy list where I just really it, have wanted yeah. to check them out. Well, so this, was, this was a good good chance to. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. I and so I'm gonna just come out and say right now. I think this is a good album. I really like this, but I don't know if this is very exemplary of their career as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um. So before this, because this is like one of the longest gaps between albums they've had. Um. Because last, uh, it's been like six years since their last album, which I haven't listened to that album called uh, Lament. But uh, they have a couple of, so it, it's, they've had a really kind of strange kind of uh, career. Because when they started in 19, yeah, so 1991 was their debut Collapse, which uh, apparently, the, you know, like I, I actually haven't listened to, amazingly. Um, but they used like, uh, like they would literally beat metal. And like record that and use it as like an instrument, you know, things That's like like cool, it, right? it was industrial down to like just the definition of it, mm-hmm. um, you know. And Halbermensch, which is like considered their their magnum opus, uh, is just pretty disturbing at times. You know, just has this really crazy energy to it. If you look at the album cover for that album, it's um like it's, it's bordered by like like photographs of human teeth um it's not a good look <laughs> but um all i have to say is that, like so they, they started off really really just like badass industrial um and then you know i think 
so I'm not exactly sure of the timeline, but Blixig Bargeld, who was pretty much like the head honcho of the group, he went off to work with Nick Cave, and he was, I think he was playing bass. He was either playing bass or guitar for uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds for a while, uh, like during the 90s. And then after he came back, so it, there was kind of uh, like a change up in sound. Uh, so if you listen to their album, Ende uh, New, um, it's kind of, it's more stripped back and like kind of soft. Uh, same thing with uh, their 2000 album, Silence is Sexy, which is a great album title, but um, <laughs> it, it's it's very like they play the industrial aspects of their sound down a lot. Um, and so I, I was sort of expecting that to happen in this album, and it, it did, but it, it was very strange for me personally, j- just like listening to this again, because it, like... It really makes me want to revisit their their the, those past two albums, and they knew and uh, Science is Sexy because I I own both of those, and I I've never liked them, <laughs> and like but after listening to this, it I feel like I'm I haven't given them enough of a try because what like I think what makes this album so interesting is that they haven't really gotten rid of that industrial like you know uh bassist it's it it's just more like they've uh sort of moved it around mm-hmm. and sort of like squish it and put it in different poses almost like you can hear it in like so like the opening track 10 grand goalie mm-hmm. uh you can sort of hear the percussion how it has that really industrial sort of like mechanical aspect to it how it it like it'll hit on some very odd bars mm-hmm. uh but it works kind of like when it's all put together, um, you know, and then as you go on, like, so like the first track is like kind of upbeat, but then it, it starts getting a little more mellow. And then when you get to the fourth track, which I, I can't even pronounce this thing, I'm going to try. Zivil Satorish says Misgetschik. Hey, that, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is like... It, but that track, like, I when I listened to that, like, for the first time, like, it stopped me in my tracks. Yeah. So I was like, what are we listening to? Like, it was dis- it was incredibly disturbing. Just considering, like, maybe because you just didn't expect it. Um, you know, and you sort of see this disturbing quality show up in, in more and more tracks as you keep going on. Even though it, it's not, like, at the forefront. Uh, so before I turn it over to you and hear your thoughts, I, I just like this kind of reminded me basically of uh, of almost like a David Lynch movie. Mm. J- just in that, you know, it, it kind of seduces you into thinking that it's just kind of like a toothless answers and know about an album in a way. But then it just like, you know, pounces on your ass, you know, <laughs> like it, it's a it, you the, the darkness is hidden within it and it's very interesting um that being said i i'm not gonna say it's their best album by any means but it's definitely an album that's got me rethinking my some of the albums of theirs that i own so uh but i really wanted to hear what you think because um just you know having someone who's new to the band just coming into this thing it's funny because i actually i wrote down a, a short note about that album and i or that uh track 
and I just did ziv dot 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 because I'm like I'm not I'm not typing that out and I don't know how to pronounce it anyway. Yeah, so. I mean I, I'm looking at a track listing on Rate Your Music, so yeah, it's 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 very like I was gonna copy paste it, but I'm like you know what I hope we have this conversation and I'm glad we did. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I I this was such an for me, uh, I would say the the first four tracks or so and you know it continued throughout. I was like, what an unpredictable album. That's just what I kept coming back to. Because mm. the, fir- the first track, 10 Grand Goldie, you're totally right. It had, it kind of was exactly what I expected, more or less. Especially, you know, even con- especially considering the fact that this is a band that's been around for a while. This is one of their later albums. It felt like um, a band that perhaps at one point was much more intense and avant-garde and, and whatnot, which they proved me wrong on with Ziv, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, like that kind of old school industrial kind of remind me of coil in a way you know at least that they were in the same ballpark obviously they take different approaches but i really liked it i thought it was really cool and then am lind work or the second track yeah honestly and i know this doesn't make sense it sounded like an irish folk song like (laughs) and i i liked it but i was like what the what what like what what happened like it went from kind of like you know OG avant and you know experimental industrial throwback to kind of like this world you know subtly world music Celtic and maybe I'm you know I'm showing my ignorance towards German folk traditions but that's really what it, it spoke to me as and then on the third track it was like a more melodic kind of 80s version of the first track and then of course Ziv it's it just blows open as this really disturbing unsettling you know noisy industrial track it just the first i was i did no idea what to expect going forward um from there and i did feel like it it settled into somewhat of a consistent groove after that you know they explored different ideas it wasn't as jarring as those first four tracks Mm. um but i i really liked this i loved the music a lot i will say i didn't jump over the the hump of loving only because I didn't really love the vocals that much. I thought they were okay. Yeah. But I think maybe it's because I'm used to Till from Rammstein, like his like really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has a lot of operatic. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I that's kind of maybe I, I I couldn't get that out of my head. But yeah. See, like I don't know if you want a comparison, like like Till from Rammstein is like you know he's full like in the choir like on the stage you know, like, in a temple, whereas, like, Blix of Bargeld is, like, in an alley behind that temple <laughs> selling drugs and whispering to you. Exactly. Um, and, and, like, you know, I, I don't think either one is wrong. It's just, you know, I think it's a preference. So Yeah, and, and that's definitely a boil down to a preference, and because a lot of... I think there were a couple, at least a couple tracks that were in English. Well, um, they, they, there were definitely snatches of... Like, yeah, or, like parts of tracks that were in English, like like the chorus for Ten Grand Goldie was in English. But yeah, there were um, um, there there were I think probably just listening to this in the background, it uh, um, it, it felt like you know a full track, but yeah, you know, certainly it might have just been here or there, but not being able to cling on to most of the lyrics and. Um, the vocals being and like it's hard to describe because I don't necessarily think they were bad it's just there wasn't it didn't have that much energy and they weren't super distinct mm. so or not that they weren't distinct but they weren't like they didn't stick out as much as the the music part of me wonders what 
how the album would have fared with me if it was just purely instrumental, uh, or if the vocals are scaled back a bit. And I really, I don't want to come off too critical because I don't think the vocals are bad. It's just that they weren't. I, I just, I didn't feel like I was getting as much from that, you know, his delivery as I was getting from the music. Yeah, like they didn't really dovetail as nicely as they could have. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think it did, it did fit. Like I didn't feel like it was out of place, but it, it's, it just didn't. Like the the music was giving me one thing, and then the lyrics or the the vocals did fit with what the style was, but just mm. not. It just it didn't wow me as much, and I think I did have because Rammstein's really the only other German metal band that I've I've listened to with any extensive you know to any extent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean but, th- th- that's that's a very tough act to follow in exactly. a way. Uh, I mean, exactly. to be fair, they're they're very different genres. Like, I guess Rammstein is considered New Deutsch Heart, um, which is kind of more like in like the tradition of like almost like EBM, but um, they, it the splitting hairs. Anyway, um, yeah, this is it was an interesting listen. I'm I'm really surprised that you liked it because I you know I Einstein's like output for like the last half of their career has been just. A little strange um like i mean silence is sexy is is two discs of pretty much just like slow rock like it's it, it, it's almost like nick caves um the boatman calls but with just like blicks of bargailed on, on the vocals huh. uh which is just it, it's not bad but it's like after listening to something like Halbermensch or Tabula Rasa, it's mm-hmm. like it, it pales in comparison. Just so, but listen, like it. This was definitely an interesting listen. I'm not sure how this is going to end up for me at the end of the year, but I'm glad I listened to it because I I probably wouldn't have put as much time into this if we weren't reviewing it. Um, which I guess is kind of shitty of me, but <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel that that way because um, I didn't have any problem. You know, Little Sims was really short, so it was easy for me to play over again. And then for different reasons, the, our next two albums they were pretty easy to revisit, and you know, I had different reasons for wanting to dive into them. But, yeah, you know, we'll get there. I... This one definitely, when I tried to revisit it, I I felt probably the least compelled to um yeah i think it was just because i didn't have that much to cling on to for the vocals which i mean can especially in this kind of music if you have it it can help tie things together and i guess it just couldn't quite get my hands on it yeah so before we move on to our next one i just want to read because i i started this review for it earlier on rate your music and it just like pissed me off kind of and i really just want to read it right now it's really short but it's uh, on it says the king is naked when in dark plague times we are in desperate need of the rawest answers and know about in sound, fury, and scatological oral metaphors that are zeitgeist turned into realistic oral imagery, Blixa and company come up with reheated Nick Cavan-esque blandly orchestrated balladry. A glorious history will not absolve Einsters and Neubauten from melting into average sameness, and they know that. We all know that. Someone call Zanakis immediately. Give me atonal tragedy. <laughs> And I'm like, wow. first of all, why, why would you... I mean, this is a one and a half stars. Uh, but why even reference Zanakis, <laughs> first of all? Some, uh, probably, well, I mean, first of all, someone 
someone found their mom's thesaurus today. Yeah. And oh, se- yeah. Second of all, I feel like th- that Zanakis reference is just like, I, li- I am cultured. I listen to, I listen real, to under- yes. real underground music. Um, wow, that, that's, what a <laughs> terrible review. Like, that's just... Well, I, I I just I so disagree with it. Like like oh, when in dark plague times we are in desperate need of this. Like well, here's the thing, man. It's there. You're just not listening to for it. Like I I would argue that, you know, it, like dude, just because they aren't banging on metal pots and shit anymore doesn't mean that that industrial flavor is lost. Yeah. Like I I, 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 I think it's just it's just been changed and sort of put into different areas. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then they, you, don't, they you, don't owe you anything either. Well, th- like, that that too. But I mean, like here's the thing: you you can only like bang on metal pots. You can only do that industrial, you know, shtick for so long without trying, you know, different things with it. Like I mean, look, look coil of all people, you know. Yeah, I mean that review just has a very much like a like a you know dance monkey dance kind of vibe to it. Like yeah, you know, like like I, yeah. I come to this band for this. You know, like I ex- like. Almost, I expect them to do this, and if they don't, then it sucks. Like, I, I feel like th- that's the kind of review, you know, I've seen countless times, where it's just like, you know, they're not doing, and, you know, they find a way to dress it up here or there, but like... Yeah, Look, I, I, I'm not going to say that this album is perfect, because it, it's it's definitely not, like, you know, it, it definitely has kind of like a soggy middle, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, it, uh, it, it definitely um, probably could have used a little bit of tightening up. Um... All things considered, but you know, I, I think considering, you know, what this band has done in the past, that that they're still capable of doing something like this. I, I think this is really cool. So, yeah, and, and I That's certainly, cool. you know, this has piqued my interest because I am, you know, like I said earlier, you can always tell, um, you know, I, I view this through the lens of an older band. You know, still doing some great things with their old sound, but now I want to hear what that was. Oh yeah, what, like, like seriously, but put on Halbermensch as soon as you can. It is amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, you could definitely hear that this is a band that, in their younger years, when they were you know most voracious, they did some pretty cool things. So I'm I'm excited to give give their earlier albums a listen. Yeah. All right. So, uh, ready to move on. Yeah, and I'm really excited about this next project. Yeah, me too. Uh, am, am I talking about this first, or do you, you want to go for it? Uh, yeah, because I think I, I would probably do a better job, um, or I would, rather, I would have more to say about the the final artist in terms of introducing them. Okay. So I yeah, think, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is a uh, release by Orenda Records, who's uh, run by Dan Rosenboom, uh, the trumpeter from uh, Burning Ghosts, among mm-hmm. other things. Uh, this is a collaboration between him and drummer Matt Mayall, and it's called uh, Language. And it is an interesting little uh, project. I, I, When this first got announced, I listened to it a little bit. I wasn't sure um, whether I was even going to, because I, like, whether I was going to listen to it or not, kind of, because uh, Orendo puts out a lot of stuff. And sometimes it, it's it's never it's never bad by any means. It's just sometimes it's not always um, what I'm exactly looking for. Like the, the, like there's um, there's a certain sound that Arenda is able to put out that I really like. That's just like this very freeing sort of avant garde tendency. Like it it kind of drops away all the other genre tags you could add to it, like jazz or what have you, mm-hmm. um, in favor of just 
you know, just kind of unbridled artistic freedom. Uh-huh. Uh, I admire the hell out of that. Uh, so, you know, listening to this and then reading the um, the description for it, uh, I was really piqued by it because it's, um, I mean, th- this is pretty much in a way like, uh, almost like interstellar space, but like for like this century, mm. if you will. Because yeah. it's uh, it, it's just Matt Mayall on drums, and then uh, Dan Rosenboom on trumpet, and then there's um, some electronics play, which I'm I'm not exactly sure what that consists of. I was thinking about that this morning. That just like I, I always find that annoying. Like I like Scott. How often do you read uh, the liner notes in like a jazz album? Um. Or or like look at the personnel lineup on Wikipedia. Uh, I mean, it's dependent if I'm writing a review. I mean, I'd say fairly, maybe more so than yeah. than other well, folks. But be, because, like, if you look at like an old, like, if you go to like Blue Note type of jazz album, you know, you'll get a, a list of exactly what instruments are being played by who. Oh yeah, okay, I see. What yeah, you're like, yeah, like so, like you know, you'll be like, oh yeah, Bill Evans plays the piano here, but then you know, Jimmy Cobb plays like drums here, you know. Um, but in, in they will go so detailed as to tell you like oh yeah like this artist plays the Hammond B three organ yeah you know but 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 then they also play the regular electric organ because for some reason there's there's enough of a difference to make that distinction but yeah. but so seeing just electronics here just kind of ticked me off in a way because I, I mean maybe it's just because I I am like a huge like gear slot i guess (laughs) when it comes to just like i i love learning uh what equipment musicians use like i find it really interesting and uh rosenboom always has uh you know he's always pulling something interesting into his sound uh you know and so like he'll feed his trumpet through effects and shit like that you know get some really cool sounds i really wanted to know like exactly what he was doing to make some of these sounds but all that to say is I, I fucking love this album. I thought this was awesome. Um, like, it was just really interesting uh, just to, to see how well these guys can work together. Um, though I, I think it's worth mentioning that this isn't, like, um, pure improvisation. I think that a number of these uh, tracks are actually composed already. Yeah, on, on Bandcamp they noted that yeah. a number of them were written, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just found the, the chemistry between Mayall and Rosenblum to be really just like fiery and just what really kept this album going every single track for me. Um, but I also really loved sort of how the sort of the variety, like, because you would expect with just trumpet and like a drum set, you know, you, you, you think that there wouldn't be a lot of flexibility sonically, but I, you know, there really is. And it's really interesting to see them just sort of follow that through to the end. So, um, so what what do you uh, what are you thinking about the Scoots? Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. I I loved this album. Uh, I think uh, I think I recommended to you Astral Spirits, a, a label that I've been really into. Yeah, recently. I, I meant to listen to that. But, yeah. Well, I just they specialize in you know free jazz, avant-garde yeah. jazz, and there is there are some releases that kind of go a bit too. I don't know. Like I like experimental music, obviously, but there are at some point where it feels like I'm not even listening to it's like music. Like, like yeah, like a like, like even, uh, a, even are, a song. Are you, 
are you talking about like like those people who just will like click like their saxophone keys and shit like that? Yeah, or like this yeah. this one one in particular was you know extreme. I think it was either violin or viola or some type of string instrument, and it just. I know oftentimes I listen to an album, you know, just front to back, don't look at its songs, but it just, it wasn't even clear what the composition was. It just was random, you know, clicks and, and clacks and, you know, kind of... Did, did See, just... I, I, I kind of like that personally, but I, I, I get what you mean. Well, so. I, I just, you know, I use that as a comparison to say I loved that Mayhall and Rosenboom just made really great like they were off kilter but you could still grab onto it i loved that they were several short songs you know most of them are around three four-ish minutes and they mm. were just really energetic fun just bursting with life uh you know obviously they're all instrumental so um like the, the lyrics couldn't necessarily bring up personality but you look at a track like nuclear lemons like first of all that's an amazing title but then that that track has you know the quote-unquote electronics as we we just discussed but it's it's just so creative it's so fun it's just bursting with so many amazing ideas but it's in such an accessible package you know Mm. like i felt like i got a ton from each song even though they were relatively short relatively straightforward for the style but they were just so raucous i mean Nothing comes on Tuesday might be my favorite track. It, the the symbol crashes added such such a a huge amount of power and it felt like a jet like it felt like they could have served to have like some really distorted guitars and like be this full on like jazz rock or avant garde jazz metal piece. But it was just trumpet and drums and it was still just as powerful and i think Mm. the interstellar space comparison is really great because i felt like they they did have such great interplay even though uh mayhall was you know serving as the rhythm section he brought so much to each track um i love that there were a lot of old school free jazz players here like a polychrome uh reminded me of like a classic ornette coleman track because you had that kind of like skittering hi-hat like the fast-paced almost classic jazz percussion and it just was like this fast you know Rosenboom was going crazy on, on the trumpet I, I loved this a mm. lot like I'm really really glad we listened to this the only thing I will say is I didn't love the final two tracks as much oh it's funny you say that because I, 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 I those are actually my favorite tracks on the whole thing interesting probably. well and just because I, I found it really interesting to find or to, to see how they like how they managed to make kind of like almost like an ambient track with with their instruments which is just like you know on paper sounds it looks bizarre but i felt like it really played out and like to be fair it wouldn't be for everybody like i think i think it's the beginning of on the way has rosenboom like just blowing through his trumpet without mm-hmm. making uh without puckering his limps you know which makes sort of like this airy wind sound Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I, I found the use of all that to just be really cool. Like it's, uh, you know, something I, I reference a lot, uh, on this, on this podcast. It's, uh, create creativity by subtraction by like limit by limiting yourself. You're able to sort of come out and come out with something that's so much different. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. I think for me it was which I thought it was fun that they were both exactly six minutes thirty three seconds at least on Bandcamp, which mm. was I don't know I just I, I like when, um, 
I don't know. It had a nice... Uh, I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of is, but like... Symmetry? Yeah, symmetry. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a good word. That Like, the, the, the two more airy tracks, like the longer tracks, they kind of yeah. were, 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 were kissing cousins in a way. Um, I think just because I preferred what they did on the front half of the album, and then to have things slow down, I part of me was like, would I have preferred it more if they were interspliced? I think I would have liked if they had put those two, or at least put one in the middle of the album. And then you had like this long having both of them back to back. I just like I kind of wanted the energy to come back because I liked mm-hmm. I liked each of those songs in a vacuum. I actually went back and just listened to them together, and I did really like what they had to offer. I just wish that they didn't. It felt like the album. It, it like it interrupted the flow of the album. Yeah, it felt way. like the album. Like how much energy and compulsion took place in the front half of the album. Uh, it, it just kind of felt like it slowly faded into the sunset, and it if uh, if you if if you allow me to flex my English degree, um, it ended not with a bang but with a whimper. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that is very true. And this album yep. felt like it really needed to, to end with a, with a big bang. Yeah, uh, theory. And I, 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 if it ended with that, I, I wouldn't even. I would not even review this. <laughs> the last track, they just like riff on the the Big Bang Theory themes. <laughs> oh God, D- Dan, uh, what happened, Dan? <laughs> oh man, but but yeah, no, I mean uh, that's uh, the only reason it's I'm criticizing it just because I felt it didn't flow. Or I think the album could have flowed better if they were. Like you had kind of an interlude and then a, and then a, a finale. Yeah, but it's I, hard. I, I can see what you mean. It's hard to because I did like the music itself, obviously leading up to those two tracks, and then I liked the music on the tracks themselves. So it's hard to begrudge it too much. Yeah, it, it's 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 similar to you remember when we reviewed uh, Sophie's first album. Yeah, um, and I noted that uh, you know it's okay to cry immediately following that Pony Boy was just a very strange like whiplash. Um, you know, I, I, I think you, you could make a similar case here in a way, though. I, I probably would, what would be the opposite of whiplash? Like, uh, underwhelming kind of sense, I guess. A anticlimax, I guess. Um, musical blue balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds poetic, but that was yeah. the first thing that came to oh, mind. Oh, I also, be, before we wrap up, I really want to shout out the album cover. I, I, I really love the album cover for this thing. Oh, it's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's I, just... I, I like it a lot. Yeah, super, super cool looking. Um, really, my only complaint with this album is that uh, it's not on Apple Music. <laughs> yeah, <at laughs> which first... is Which is such, such, a, um, such a very stupid complaint of mine, but... No, I mean, th- th- at first I was like, oh no, like, did this, because I was getting ready to listen, and I'm like, oh my god, like, is this not, like, I was getting, I, f- I forget what, what, it was late last week, I yeah. was I was getting ready to text you and be like, hey, uh, is this, does this album exist? <laughs> like, are we yeah. going to be able to listen well, I, to it? So I did the same thing, so it, it's, it's really weird with Orenda, um, you know, because they, I, I really think that Dan listens to every artist that comes and just asks them personally what they want in terms of streaming. Okay. Uh, that, that, that's what I'm thinking anyway, because there are some albums on that are on Arenda Records that you can't listen to outside of Bandcamp. Um, 
but then there are some that are just available right on Apple Music. Yeah, which is so, which is really yeah. So I, I'm thinking it's more of a case by case basis. Interesting. Okay. Ag- again, I, I'm not entirely sure. So that that's kind of cool because I know um, you know obviously Zorn just doesn't have he's not on Spotify or, or Apple Music at all. <laughs> Zadix website hasn't been updated in like a decade at yeah. least. <laughs> but like I like because obviously that that's you know that ultimately trickles down from, from Zorn. It's kind of cool that. Well, it, I mean, that the second Burning Ghost album came out on Zadik uh, as well, but yeah, and it's yeah. Not, it's still on Apple Music, right? I, I think, uh, I think it's isn't not that, isn't part of the it's not, but weirdly enough, it's on Bandcamp. I think. Oh, which interesting. Is, which is really weird because you don't see anything from Zadik anywhere else. Yeah, so. maybe, maybe they, he made an exception. Who knows? But I don't know. I like that Rosa Boom gives give gives folks a you know. Yeah, because I, I know I know there there are some artists that you even new contemporary artists that aren't really interested in. Um, like there, there's a band uh, called Pound that they made one of my favorite albums oh, last right, year. Right, right. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, they just recently got onto Apple Music and Spotify, and they it was funny. They led up to the announcement by talking about how like it's kind of a joke how little financial kickback they get, and they said, mm. "But with all that said, we're finally on streaming services." yeah because like, they were like you i know, know it's it, it's kind of sad you know yeah. related i was thinking about tool the other day in relation to this because like I, I don't know is it just me or did, does it feel like everything that tool once stood for they just no longer care about yeah and they try i forget what exactly it was either maynard or maybe it was from the band well it probably was from maynard even if it was from the official band page but they were kind of coy about it and cute they were like oh we finally caved in to what you like you like our fans or the whatever like they they made it into like they kind of had to concede but it is interesting that they were so firm about it for so long well it, it's it's just like one thing because like so tool like from the moment i first heard of them you know they had this sort of sense of integrity that you know sort of revolved around just being an artist you know just yeah. releasing the music that they felt passionate about um, and so, you know, they would try really hard on it. So, you know, that included not including lyrics in your in your book, in your liner notes, first of all, only releasing a physical media. And then, you know, secondly, just, or thirdly, uh, just sort of musical, like that uh, uncompromising musical integrity. And it feels like with the latest album, all three of those things no longer exist for Tool. <laughs> Because like yeah. it, it, you can go on Apple Music and you can look up their lyrics right on Apple Music, uh, you know, and all the stuff is on Apple Music, and their new album happens to be, you know, probably the most stagnant of their career. <laughs> but yeah. sorry, I I I don't want to rant about this too much. But no, but I, yeah. I, I, I will. This was in a uh, it was in a common thread about the album. Someone said it was weird how like it was the biggest deal. For like a week after it was released yeah and then it just kind of the whole hype like once people actually digested it and stuff it just quietly like died down um yeah so but thankfully yeah. today we are t- not talking about that album we're talking about yeah. a really cool album and i will say this <laughs> is this is definitely one of my favorites of, of the year honestly like the more i listened to it the more i was like this is just it's it's great it, it does really feel like um like a new new school interstellar space i think that's that that's such a great i was hoping that you would uh, i was going to bring up a similar con- 
or not similar, the exact same comparison. I was hoping you would agree because that, yeah. that's that's totally what I totally what yeah, I, came to yeah. mind. I mean, it, it's a very loose comparison, mind you, because I I mean Coltrane. I mean, I, aside from the instrumental differences, I think the way Coltrane approaches his music is very different from the way Rosenblum does. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, and then there's there's also just the idea that uh, I think they were just I think the only other instrument on that album is sleigh bells, if I remember right. Yes, I think. Yeah, Whereas, some, yeah, I I feel like there's a little more leeway here with like, sure with, with with the electronics, but yeah. Anyway, for sure. All right, uh, so final cool. album. And this is probably the most high-profile album we're talking about. And this yeah. is the new Perfume Genius album, which is uh, kind of oddly titled "Set My Fire," "Set My," "Set My, set set my, my Fire on Heart," <laughs> yeah. "Set My Heart on Fire Immediately," uh, which is, I mean, not that he's ever had like amazing album titles, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, but but put your back into it, Scott. Yeah, like I don't, I don't really even know. I don't know, but. Anyway, this is the fifth album from uh, Mike Hadrias, and I'm actually I'm not sure if Mike if he goes by he or they anymore. I, I've seen people use different pronouns, but in any case, um, it would make sense. I, I've, if he, I've only I've only seen he. Uh, a but... couple of my friends referenced him as they, so I, I'm not sure. I mean, in, in any case, he explores a lot of issues of. of sexuality and domestic abuse and other um other kind of deep issues of that ilk in his music he's always been great at um he has a beautiful voice but he's able to strike a balance between power and vulnerability i've always loved his singing and i've loved how his songwriting has evolved over the years when you i actually haven't listened to his debut uh called learning Uh, it's on my list and i think now i really want to go check it out um but put your back into it was you know how i first you know, became aware of him. Really, really great, you know, a lot of songs that were just kind of sparse piano, light percussion and him singing, some chamber elements, um, just a really beautiful chamber pop and, you know, leaning on, like, piano-driven folk album. But then with Too Bright and especially on No Shape, he slowly um, expanded his sound to be a lot more bigger in scope, taking in elements of music and baroque pop and baroque pop and definitely expanding his palette uh and this new album i was a little i was a little interested about because he's never put himself so because even even on too bright he kind of you know he had his hair hair slicked back and he was wearing you know yeah, an, an interesting vest and whatnot. I, I I love that album cover. Yeah, me me too. And then on no, no shape, obviously he's he has his back turned to the camera, and on his debut album, he's totally you know his face is totally obscured by you know the album cover. It's kind of a weird artistic whatever. Um, but this new one, it was you know just a black and white photo of him, kind of looking relatively normal. I, I just realized because I've been trying to figure out like the like what this thing is supposed to, what the album cover is supposed to be referencing and I, I i don't know if this is his thought but calvin klein right <laughs> like th- th- this is pretty much like shot for shot a calvin klein ad with him in it it kind of is <laughs> yeah um, i mean but but it was that but also um for some reason like classic like golden age hollywood also came to my mind a little bit yeah uh, because it kind of has that look to it it's sort of um 
I've never seen the movie, but uh, from here to eternity, uh, you, you know, it has that scene with like where they're making out and then the waves crash over them. Yeah, I don't know if you, yeah, but I, I, I don't know for some reason it just reminded me of that as well. But it's, it's a very striking album cover. It is, yeah. It, it was a little. I think the, the black and white nature of it. It was a little. I was curious: is this going to be his more most personal album? Because I, I felt like he has, you know, his last two album covers were very, you know. They were very striking, and then the music itself followed suit a lot more, you know, grandiose. And I saw that this album got a lot of, you know, a lot of acclaim. I, I think it's his highest rated rate album by Pitchfork. A lot of other sites have, you know, Album of the Week nods, have given it a lot of praise. And I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I don't know what your background is with Perfume Genius, so I wanted to turn it over to you first. Yeah, um, so I actually don't have a lot. I think... Uh, the only experience I've had is, uh, you having me listen to put your back into it, uh, mm-hmm. for a very, really early incarnation of this podcast, um, a very long time ago, which I don't remember hating it, uh, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't something that I was going to go out of my way to listen to again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when No Shape came out, um, I remember that got a lot of acclaim and so I wanted to look into it, but I, I never made it past the first track. And it, it it's not because I found it boring. I think I was it was just like I would always find something else to do, <laughs> like just coincidentally, um, like just before the first track ended, even though I felt like it sounded really beautiful. But mm-hmm. so th- this is really like the first Perfume Genius album that I really like just sat down and really listened to. So uh, where do you want to start with this thing? I, I want to hear you, your thoughts. I, I I'm I'm curious. So yeah, obviously, I I really I've been a huge fan of his, uh, and I I want to hear what your thoughts first before I yeah. share my opinion. Um, so first going into this, I was not sure what was gonna come out, like what what I was like, you know, what what this album was gonna be like, basically, because you know, No Shape apparently. Like, I remember watching uh, Anthony Fantano's review of that, and he was saying that like just the production on it was just like fucking beautiful and like how it sort of almost created like a new world out of the album mm-hmm. uh I, i'm sort of that, that those aren't his words those are kind of mine that's how i interpreted the review but um so like i said i didn't know what exactly to think but jesus fucking christ scott like from like the first second of this thing i i was like just blown away by this thing like I, I can't even describe how beautiful this album is to me. Um, you know, it, it, and it's just like, I think everything about it is just very, like, just so well crafted and meticulous. Um, like, I, I almost don't even know where to start with it. Um, I, I guess just, uh, so I, I'm just going to read off my notes then. Um, so I wrote uh, Incredible. So easily one of the most rewarding first listens I've ever had, just in terms of like, you know, you, usually, you, you know, sometimes you'll have an album that takes a little while to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was like, I mean, like I said, it was almost immediate. Like from that first line that it's like, my life is half over, I think. It was like some variation on that. I, I was just like completely hooked. Um, you know, but the production, I, I really love the production here because I love how it complements, you know, uh, Hadrius's voice. 
like I, uh, but at the same time, it, it kind of does its own little thing. But it, it's all very, it's also cohesive and interpenetrating, if you will. Um, you know, it, especially in the, what I really love. I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a lot of contrasting elements in the production itself. Um, so, like, if you listen to the track Jason, uh, there's like, you know, like, or just contrast and or like esoteric instrumentation. So, like, Jason has like a, like a harpsichord part. Uh, which surprisingly worked really well, um, but then you know you leave on uh, you know go to the the track leave and there's like these feedback sounds on it and like almost, it sounded almost like animal whimpers to me. Um, then there were like string lines, you know on uh, on your body changes everything, but at the same time it had like this distortion with it. Uh, and just like it was things like that it was the contrast between something as beautiful as a string and something as dirty as like distortion mm-hmm. that really just he managed to make these things resonate very well by putting them together um, on nothing at all like the same thing is like you, you sort of get this guitar or like a distorted bass but then you have these bells playing at the same time or the uh, the track nothing at all has uh, or no, no I'm sorry uh, I just said that on some dream uh, there's sort of like these high piano tinks, tinkles kind of on, um, but then, you know, th- there's this gu- distorted guitar playing at the same time. Like, it's just really just, just so perfectly put together. And then when it comes to sort of the, the songwriting itself, sort of the structure, it, it, it kept me really interested in the entire time like whenever i like it was whenever i felt like it was going to go in a certain direction um it felt like hadris would just sort of take it in the opposite direction and you know usually like that type of contrarianism just annoys me but he he manages to make it work i so just overall this was just this was fucking amazing um like easily an album of the year for me um yeah wow so yeah <laughs> i can't I say I kind did, of surprising right yeah i did not expect that at all and uh, even though i've listened to this I think four or five times at this point uh, i feel like i need to listen to it again now because yeah, me, me too i have i have to be honest i did this is probably my least favorite of his albums thus far really um so i mean right off right off the bat I, w- I want to be clear i will at the very least liked every song on here but i just i didn't love really any of the songs here and i think for me it started with he kept with a trend and broke a trend at the same time as last few albums he has he's done like a, a short song like a short intro and then the lead single is you know is the the first real track and on too bright and no shape you know those first singles are like phenomenal like queen on too bright and slip away on no shape are two of his best songs um but i i thought describe was just very okay i liked it but again i just really didn't love it and i this is the first of many times in the album where there are these really pretty ambient type passages that he does that are nice but I 
I, I miss his vocals. I miss him, you know, singing over mm. the chamber instrumentation that he, he usually brings. I, I feel like it just, it didn't give me, and again, it's, you know, my own expectations, my own relationship with this music. It didn't give me what I usually go to his music for. Um, I will say in the middle of the album, there are some really, really nice highlights. And I read the Apple Music description, and I'm glad that I what I was hearing was what I thought I was hearing. But it felt like he took some 50s and 60s influences um like without you had like a breezy soft 80s rock vibe but almost like the slight edge of like a more a fainter more nostalgic time almost tropical but then especially on on the floor it almost felt like a like a something you might hear you know you might put on the jukebox while you're you know you're, you're buying a soda pop for your girl in like an 80s in 80s like a retro 80s tv musical and i mean that in a good way like i thought it was a yeah. really nice fun had a great vibe to it um but yeah i, th- I think that's why i really want to give it another listen because i'm i'm that is not at all i thought you weren't going to like this at all honestly um, I, I mean know. i i wasn't sure what i was going to think going into it uh which i guess is the correct uh, way, way to think about something. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. But, you know, because it sort of leaves your expectations at the door. But Yeah, and I just... I, now I want to listen to it more. I mean, it, it's... Yeah. I, I value your opinion, and more importantly, I value... Um, I think it's always interesting when someone, you know, listens to something that you're like, oh, they're not going to like it, but they, they get something from it. I feel like that's, that's I, a really... I, I will say that I think if I had watched a review of this or if I had looked at the reviews of this before listening to it, I probably wouldn't have this opinion, which I guess says more about me than the music. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I just because, you know, like sometimes when you hear when you see that overwhelming acclaim, you tend not to believe the hype, mm-hmm. um, you know, but yeah they i don't know why this thing really got to me it just i don't know it just felt very intimate Mm -hmm. and it was just um yeah it just really worked it like just fired on all cylinders for me uh i will say though you know you mentioned that like and i i did see this too in the apple music uh review for it or like in the little write-up that you know, he was sort of pulling from like the '60s a little bit, mm-hmm. and like '50s and '60s, and I, I just did not hear that at all in this. I didn't hear it as consistently as you made it seem, for sure. Like I, yeah. I didn't, you know, I, I heard those two tracks. That's really the only moments where I heard it, and even then, it was kind of a faint. Like I, I wrote down '50s by way of the '80s, where like it felt like kind of a someone trying to be retro in the 80s made a song like this so yeah i, I agree it wasn't as yeah but like i don't know. see I, I didn't even see anything from the 80s either like it maybe it was just because of the way it was recorded that i i didn't hear it because like usually when you think of those time periods there are certain recording qualities you know and certain production qualities that show up mm-hmm. um you know and even certain songwriting you know techniques and things like that and I just didn't see any of that. Like, I think the only thing for me that could have, you know, sort of pointed that way was the instrumentation itself. The fact that there's like, oh, there's like a guitar on this album mm-hmm. or, you know, like like what have you. But I, the way everything produces, like the way everything is produced, the way everything sounds is just it very, it just feels very modern to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that like you know like a lot of these tracks that like a lot of the ones that i referenced that have like a lot of these distortions on them but then they're also contrasted by like these really pure like very sine wavy tones to them like yeah th that's just not something i expect to hear on like a on an album like i th that's supposed to be some sort of like retro throwback so yeah i could see that and, and again i definitely for me it was only a fleeting moment here and there it certainly yeah. wasn't um which is it's always interesting when an artist talks about their own influences or their own intent with an album because yeah they're you know, oftentimes as i've discovered it's it's not nearly as well I, it, like you know but, but when you're so close to your work because i mean like you know i arguably an artist's work is you know them to a, to a certain extent it's it's their creation it's their child yeah in a way and like you know well like most parents aren't gonna go to the, you know aren't gonna be able to see the imperfections in their child you know or or see what their child is really like because they have that that lens that they've seen them through you know so uh like it it, it kind of makes sense but like i i get what you mean so um what was i just I was just thinking of something else. Oh, I, I don't know if you saw this on the Wikipedia page, but um, it says that he cited Towns Van Zant, Enya, and the Cocteau Twins as influences on this album, which is like, okay. <laughs> I kind of hear the latter two. I don't hear Towns Van Zant at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, I don't even hear Enya because, I mean, maybe it's just because every memory of Enya I've ever had has been negative, but... <laughs> Well, just, the, I mean, the I actually, the, the one of Enya's albums I used to listen to, like, every night when I went to sleep um, as a kid, which perhaps isn't the most flattering thing to say about Enya. Yeah, but probably but, isn't something you should admit to people. <laughs> I mean, it's it's true. It's a, it's a yeah. thing that happened. Um, hey, I mean, yes, you're talking to an avid 80s-era Madonna fan, yeah. so. But I can definitely hear, like, they. she definitely had an atmosphere about it. Just the general idea of of incorporating atmosphere i can hear yeah Def I, definitely, I, I, I definitely guess, cocktail, cocktail yeah oh yes yeah i could see cocktail twins way more and I, I would see if we're talking about atmosphere i feel like that would be more with cocktail twins yeah for sure with Enya. Um, but you know but so yeah i i don't i was really impressed by this i i was when i was listening to it again today i was tempted to go over to bull moose and just buy it uh which i still might do um just because it, it's it's really got me like just like I don't know, like you know those albums that like you put it on and there's nothing else you can do except to just sit and listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is like I think turning into one of those for me. Um, and it really makes me want to sort of explore his his discography earlier. Um, yeah, because I, I've always heard good things about No Shape, um, and I just never never went through with it. So yeah, I would definitely recommend that. You know, I. I... Hopefully, when I revisit it again, I mean, like I said, I'm a huge fan of his up to this point, and I, I do think this is a, a good album. Like I said, I don't dislike any of the music here. It just has it, it's not hitting me the same way as his back catalog. Mm. Um, so, but I'm I'm super stoked that you like it. I I, I think that's yeah. that's really really cool. I always <laughs> love when when my friends get into artists that I've I've loved for a while. Yeah, it, it, it it's always a nice little feeling. Yeah, um, <laughs> it makes you feel a little less nuts, right? Yeah, it makes you feel like my, my opinion maybe my yeah, opinion, you know, taste isn't as th shitty. Thank you for validating me. <laughs> thank you for making me making me uh, making me feel like my, I don't listen to total garbage all the time. Yeah, 
<laughs> Don't worry, but we can still talk about Broken Side, Scott. There's still time. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> but by the way, that that reminds me of. Did you ever listen to a hundred Gex? Oh, I, I I know I know the group, but I, I never listened to it because like the way Fantana reviewed it, I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> it was crazy. One of my it was a group I was in where people were like, "How the fuck is this? Like, why? Like, how is this a thing?" And someone commented and said, "I didn't get bullied for listening to Broken Side in high school for this for Hundred Gex to be considered one of the best albums of the year in 2019." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't. I haven't even listened to that Hundred Gex album yet, but that's one of the funniest comments. That is fucking great. <laughs> uh, apparently, that's more like that's." The fact that it's comparable to Broken Side has kind of scared me off, but... Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I... See, I, 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 have, I have no idea if that's true. I'm but. pretty sure it's not even Crunkcore. Like, it's not even yeah. vaguely related to that, but what do I know? Yeah. Now, I, now I, I, I have quite the eclectic uh, things, to, things to listen to tomorrow based on things I promised I'm going to listen to <laughs> yeah, during this yeah, episode. Yeah, like, I, I can just imagine Lauren be like, Honey, wh- what are you listening to? Oh, I, I'm listening to a German man bang on pots and pans. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And, and then then I'm listening to some Perfume Genius. <laughs> <laughs> and I just hear a caller, Mom. Like, Mom, he's doing it again. He's doing it. <laughs> he's listening Mom. to his terrible music out loud. Call someone. Uh, it, it, it's like at least he hasn't listened to Mersmau. <laughs> <laughs> no, at least he hasn't listened to John Zorn. <laughs> I know. That's still she, some of her funniest music-related quotes have been about John Zorn. Yeah. Like like um, when I I was listening to. Um, Oh, I think it's like Everyday Pox. I forget what the name of the song is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it is Everyday Pox uh, yeah. off that Napalm Death album. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, can you guess who uh, who's playing sax on this, sweetie? And she was like, John, John fucking Zorn. And I was like, it is indeed. It is indeed. <laughs> no, nobody else could tootle out like that. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about albums of the week, Scoots. Let's. Uh, you got an album of the week for me? I do, and it's it's thanks to the Melon himself. He reviewed this album yeah. not too too long ago, and I was like, you know what, that looks fun. And by God, if this isn't one of the most just pure joy and fun, and just just a just a heartwarming release I've heard all year, it's uh, Natalia Lafragade. I I knew it. I, I knew I, you. I, I knew apo- it was apologize be this. if I. Uh, my need to dust up with my Spanish. Uh, I think it's Natalia La La Forcade. La Forcade. I, I, uh, I, I think, but I, I'm not sure. So. And it's a uh, un un canto por México, Volume One, and ooh, this is just such a fun. Like it for me, it was transportative. I mean, if that's mm. a, if that's a word. I just I felt like I was just listening to, like an actual genuine, um, like authentic mexican folk music performance uh it was just such a and her voice is gorgeous you know her it was actually it was it was fun to listen um and c- kind of try to remember my spanish and remember you know try to figure out what some of the words were like there were there were some moments where i could kind of piece together what they were saying and it added a different depth to it and it just in general i love I love when people sing in Spanish. I just I think it's mm. it sounds so great. It's so beautiful. It reminded me of Did you ever see I don't know how big a Pixar fan you are, but did you ever see Coco? No, I, I haven't. Everybody says it's really good. It was a phenomenal it, it reminded me of that. Like just sweet, genuine, um, just so much 
so much just love for life and and, and just joy that, that the Mexican culture and other Latin American cultures have that that just bleeds through their music. Just such such a great album. Mm-hmm. Like from the moment the first uh, the first like you know trumpet bleed and the strings started, I was like, oh boy, I'm gonna strap in for a fun time. So. <laughs> well, that's good, man. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, it's funny you mentioned this album because um, my album of the week is also Natalia Lafourcade's. Is it uh, actually? You know, Canto Poor Mexico. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say no. really. No, I, I I listened to an album that I thought I would never listen to this week. Okay. And uh, I ended up loving it, and it is uh, Live at the Fillmore East by the Alman Brothers band. Okay. I know. Uh, kind of out there. For, for some reason, I don't know why I was searching around for just random rock to listen to, but that just kind of showed up, and uh, I put it on, and it fucking blew my socks off, man. Like, it, it's it's basically, like, the best electric blues album you've ever heard on, like, a little mescaline. Like, it's... it's <laughs> Like that—that's the best way I can describe it because it was just like, like when you hear jam band and like when I hear Almond Brothers, like when I hear jam band, I think Grateful Dead, and I do not like the Grateful Dead. Um, you know, I just do not find them interesting at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I think of Almond Brothers, I always think of Ramblin' Man, which I—I I just don't like that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it was kind of weird to put on an album by a band that I didn't think I liked in a genre I didn't think I liked. Yeah. And find out that it was actually really fucking good. Like, to, to the point that, like, next time we go to Blumu's, I'm keeping an eye out for it. Because it was just, like... Like, oh, it was, like have you ever listened to, like, early ZZ Top? Yeah. Like, like like, uh, like Rio Grande Mud? Uh-huh. Yeah, like, it's it's like that. It, it's, like, really just, like, heat-blasted blues, kind of. Uh, like it has like that that boogie kind of to it mm-hmm. as well, and like, but it's just like the band is so tight at what they do, and like, just like they're so they're just like this perfectly oiled machine. But at the same time, they're able to just do all these like huge jams. You know, like uh, whipping post is like the final track on the album. It's like twenty minutes long, and it's just like like half of it is just like guitar. And it was like you know, and I think I, if if I was in a different mood, I'd probably get sick of that type of crap. But it really just hit the right spot for me. Um, so I'm really glad I listened to it. So nice, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, that has been our episode this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. 
And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.